Seahawks over, Dolphins over, Ravens under, Titans team total in the first half over. Just a sampling of some of the betting picks that were generated by the computer model that we released last week. In all, totals went four and one. Totals right now are sitting at 12 and five on the year. That's 71%. All betting recommendations are 26 and 12. That's 68%. We went 15 and eight on player props last week. Guys, I'm telling you, this is a season you want to get in on this betting package. You want to do it now. You'll get 25% off anything at the website. We just dropped the prices. Prices are reduced and take 25% off of them. Use the code GET25. Go to sharpfootballanalysis.com. Use the code GET25 right now. Might as well get the all-access package so you can unlock all of Rich Rebar's worksheets for every single game predicting outcomes, forecasts for players, great stats and nuggets that you're going to need to know, advanced data that you're not going to find anywhere else. But I guarantee you, you're going to hear it regurgitated elsewhere because so many people access this and then use the information for their own. Get the worksheet. Comes out Tuesday and Wednesday. You'll hear it elsewhere later in the week on podcasts and other media appearances, I assure you. Find it from the source, the originators, sharpfootballanalysis.com. Get 25 is the code, 25% off everything. Do it right now. Welcome to the Sharp Angles Betting Podcast. I'm Ryan McChrystal. Thanks for joining me to talk week six player props. But before we get into this week's action, as always, let's take a look back at the previous week at one of the props that we recommended on last week's show. And I'm going to talk about a losing prop from last week. Um, We took the under on Christian McCaffrey's rushing yards based mostly on the fact that there's a pretty strong trend of starting running backs going under against the 49ers. And as I mentioned on last week's show, the reason why this trend seems to have uh, some real staying power is the fact that the 49ers really limit teams' ability to break off long runs against them. Now, McCaffrey had a 19-yard touchdown run in this game, and so that allowed him to hit the over. Depending on where you got it, I think on the show I mentioned it was at 49.5. The line actually went up throughout the week. I believe it was 52.5 on Sunday, but he ended up with 54 yards. So regardless of what number you got it at, you were probably a loser last week if you took that bet. But as I mentioned, he had that 19-yard touchdown run, which was really the only reason he went over. And there wasn't a whole lot of reason to expect that. I think that that play against the 49ers defense is really an outlier. McCaffrey playing behind a bad offensive line. He's not getting a ton of running room this season. 49ers limit long runs better than anybody in the league. Even including that 19-yard run, McCaffrey only averaged 3.9 yards per carry. If you remove that long run, the rest of his plays averaged 2.7 yards per carry. So the 49ers dominated him, and it was just one play that really blew that up for us, which is always a risky run when you're betting the under. But because this was a combination of 49ers' strong run game, limiting long runs, Panthers' offensive line just not creating much running room, and based on how this played out over the course of the full game, looking at more beyond just that one long run he had, I, I feel pretty good in saying that our logic was pretty strong here and this was a bit of bad luck, which, you know, that's just going to happen sometimes. So this is definitely a trend against the 49ers defense that I'm going to uh, continue to keep an eye on throughout the season. However, this does lead me into my first bet of the week that I'm going to recommend. 
Um, it's sort of two players because I don't know exactly where the lines are, but I'm actually going to take the opposite of that trend, and I'm going to bet the over on Caleb Huntley's rushing yards for the Falcons against the 49ers. Now, I just mentioned and I talked about at length on last week's show how good the 49ers run defense has been, but I think this is a case where I don't think the lines have adjusted to just how good the Falcons run game has been. It's shocking because entering the season, it looked like they had one of the worst offensive lines in the league. In fact, in our unit rankings before the season, you know, those of us at Sharp Football that voted on them, we ranked them collectively 31st overall on the offensive line. And yet this has been the most dominant run-blocking offensive line in the game this season. And let's put some numbers behind that. The Falcons are running into a stacked box on 80% of running back carries this season. That's the fifth highest rate. So the coaching staff is not necessarily putting running backs in the best position to be successful this season. However, running backs are gaining three or more yards before contact on 31% of their carries. That's the league's highest rate. So based on the play calling, they're being put in bad situations and the offensive line is still creating a ton of running room. Now, Cordero Patterson's elusiveness is probably a bit of a factor in that, but Caleb Huntley is the opposite of elusive. And I, I mentioned that on last week's podcast, how strange it is that they have you know this all-purpose back, uh, Cordero Patterson, backed up by Caleb Huntley and Tyler Algier, who are just these plodding downhill runners. But even when Huntley carries the ball, he's actually had three or more yards before contact on 42% of his carries this season. Now, it's a relatively small sample size, but for a player like Huntley, who's not going to, he's not going to make guys miss. He's going to take on contact. For a player like that, even in a small sample size, to be getting that much running room over the course of a couple of games is, I mean, it says a lot about the Falcons' offensive line. They have genuinely been dominant. And you know, they're going up against a good run defense. And the 49ers, obviously, they're limiting long runs. But I don't think that the lines are going to adjust yet based on where they've been so far this season and w- where they were last week. Cordero Patterson hit the over in his rushing yards in, his two, in two of his three full games. Obviously, there was that one game where he got injured, and so that kind of throws off everyone's numbers a bit. But then we'll set that game aside. But then last week, both Huntley and Algier went over their rushing yardage total in last week's game. So the numbers were really low last week for both of them. Also Huntley's was at 27 and a half Algier 45 and a half. I, I don't think they're going to make a huge jump. I mean, the public perception of the Falcons is still not that this is a good running team. This has not been a widely discussed topic around the league. I mean, the Falcons are still sort of out of sight, out of mind. They're not really considered much of a threat. And so that without a lot of national attention on it, I don't think that we're going to see the lines adjust significantly, even after they both went over their number last week. I slightly prefer Huntley's line to Algiers. I think based on the fact that there was a big gap between where their lines were last week, but there was not as big of a gap in their usage and early downs, which that's the, that's where these types of runners are going to get most of their uh, opportunities. Obviously there's also Avery Williams, who's, a little bit more elusive and we should expect him to continue to see third down uh, opportunities. But on early downs last week, Algiers saw 11 carries and Huntley saw eight. So a relatively even split between those two on early downs. And yet, as I mentioned, Algiers line last week was 44 and a half. Huntley's was 27 and a half. Now, since they both went under, maybe those lines both go up a little bit, but if there's still a pretty significant gap, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna take Huntley. If if for some reason they close, if you know both of them are in the 40s or something like that, then I'll go Algier because it it looks like he is clearly um, slightly ahead of Huntley so far. But if there's a big gap, I'm I think that these guys are gonna continue to see relatively similar workloads, and you know Huntley has you know undeniably been productive. And this offensive line has just been so dominant and I don't think very many people have noticed yet. So I think there's potentially a bit of an edge for us this week and maybe even uh, for the next couple of weeks if this trend continues. All right. So after starting things off with Caleb Huntley and Tyler Algier, uh, let's jump to a slightly bigger name in the football world and talk about Aaron Rodgers. I'm going to take the under this week on Aaron Rodgers longest completion. It was listed at 34 and a half last week, and he went over with a 35-yard completion. So I would expect the line stays the same. These longest completion lines don't move a whole lot. Even if it dropped a little bit, if it's at 33 and a half or say, I'm still going to take the under. It has a lot to do with the matchup here. Uh, Rodgers has, I mean, what we talked about in the podcast, I can't remember if it was last week or the week before, but we've talked a bit about how the the uh, Packers have become a more conservative offense, You know, running a lot more on early downs and whatnot. But it's also affected Rodgers in the passing game. Even when they are throwing the ball, they've been much more conservative. He only has three completions of 35 yards or longer this season, only four completions over 30 yards. This has not been an explosive offense. And it really comes down to him being among the most conservative quarterbacks in the league against zone coverage. He's still taking shots against man coverage. If he sees a one-on-one matchup, he is still taking shots. But against zone coverage, their their offense just shrivels up and they're just a dink and dunk check down offense. Rodgers ranks 26th in percentage of throws at 20 or more yards downfield versus zone coverage and against the combination of zone coverage and no blitz, he ranks 30th out of 31 qualified quarterbacks in his usage of the deep ball. Now, as I mentioned, he'll still take shots versus man coverage. Against man coverage, he ranks 3rd in deep ball rate. So when he sees one of those one-on-one matchups, he will take a shot downfield. So in certain matchups, we might actually anticipate more big plays, but not against the Jets who they face this week. I mentioned Rodgers is particularly conservative against the combination of zone coverage and no blitz, ranking 30th out of 31 in his deep ball usage. Well, the Jets use that combination, zone coverage, no blitz, on 71% of opponent dropbacks. That's the fourth highest rate in the league. So the Jets already like to play this style of football, and if they're noticing this trend, I mean, I I don't know why every team wouldn't pick up on this trend and start to use that because if you can basically force Rodgers to take the ball out of his own hands and have him checking down to all these underneath routes, I mean, I don't know why, why you wouldn't do that. So especially with the Jets, based on the fact that they already trend towards this type of uh, coverage, I would expect them to at least match their season average, if not uh, jump it up even higher, because it just seems like the right way to approach Rodgers right now. If, you know, let him choose to take the ball out of his own hands, basically. And in fact, it's not just that he's avoiding the deep ball, but when he's facing zone coverage this year, 44% of Rodgers' throws have not crossed the line of scrimmage. So their offense just I mean, it shrivels up. There's just not taking any risks whatsoever. And I think it kind of makes sense given his receiving core. It's, you know, the veterans that are there are, you know, mediocre. They're, They're certainly not number one type receivers. And the younger guys are just really inexperienced and Rodgers doesn't trust them. And Rodgers is notorious for expecting a lot out of his receivers. So 
you know, so, some of this might be a little bit of his own doing. Like maybe he should uh, take some risks and give his guys opportunities and just trust them a little bit more. I, I think you could certainly make an argument for that because, I mean, look, he's Aaron Rodgers. Like if if he's throwing the ball, not even past the line of scrimmage at that high rate, he's not helping the Packers the way that he's capable of. So, you know, I would expect this trend to shift throughout the season as he gains confidence, but at least right now, you know, he's just not throwing the ball downfield. And so against a team where we're expecting a very high rate of zone coverage and a high rate of not blitzing, I think we can safely say the odds of him having a big play down the field are very low. So as I said, I think this line will probably be available at 34 and a half, even if it drops by a yard or two, I'm still going to be on the under because, you know, he's just not throwing the ball downfield. And, you know, that that's how you're going to create big plays. Obviously, you know, every so often you'll have a, you know, a, a receiver might make someone miss and you'll get a big play. But since the start of last season, uh, 70% of Rogers completions of 30 or more yards have been when he's throwing the ball downfield. So it's, it's those big plays down. It's when he's airing it out downfield that they're producing these big plays. So if he's just going to be dinking and dunking at the line of scrimmage against the Jets, you know, he's not, the odds of him having one of these big long plays are just much, much smaller than they were if they were playing a team that was playing a much higher rate of man coverage. So I like the under on Aaron Rodgers' longest completion this week. All right. Now you may have noticed I'm not going position by position this week as I have in the past. I decided to shift it up a little bit this week, mostly because now I have three props coming in all on the same team. That's a little bit of a surprising one, but I'm going to give you a few Browns props this week to try to make you care about the Browns and Patriots matchup this weekend, which otherwise is a little bit off the radar. Uh, But I think there's some interesting matchups in this one, at least with the first two props I'll give out. They're very much related. The first one is the under on David Njoku's receptions. And this really just has to do with the matchup with the Patriots. The under for tight end receptions has been a winner in four of five games for starting tight ends, I should say. It's been a winner in four of five games. Only Mark Andrews hit his over. And opposing tight ends are averaging 1.6 fewer receptions per game against the Patriots than against other opponents. So this really comes down to how the Patriots line up. The tight ends typically will see more targets when teams are lined up in two high formations, which obviously right now is really taking over the league. Uh, Teams are relying on that more than ever. But it happens because the middle of the field is typically open when you have two high formations and, you know, with your tight ends, either lining up in the slot or as an inline tight end, they're often available to get open in the middle of that field. So they see a slightly higher usage rate typically in those two high formations, but new England uses two high formations at the league's lowest rate. Only 18% of opponent dropbacks have they been lined up in those two high coverages. So it makes sense that tight ends are not seeing, as many targets against them. And it's a trend that will probably continue throughout the season. This is, you know, this is Belichick's style of play. And this applies to Njoku. We've already seen this with the Browns this year and how they use him. He sees a team high 23% target share versus two high coverages and sees a bit of a drop off to 17% versus single high coverages. Now it's not a huge drop off. He's clearly still part of the offense, but there is a pretty significant difference there are six percentage points and we see some other players see a big jump up so i'm going to be on the under on david njoku's receptions this week and 
obviously if someone is losing targets against the Patriots uh, coverage schemes, that means someone is going to gain from that. So following the same line of thinking, I'm also on the over on Amari Cooper's receptions. I would expect his number to be available at four and a half. And this could potentially be a bit of a breakout game for him as he's been uh, a little in his usage has been inconsistent. I won't say he's been inconsistent because he has been very good when given opportunities, but because the Patriots use uh, two, they, because they rarely use two high coverages, it, they're often in man coverage with cover one or cover zero. That makes up 40% of their plays this season and cover one or cover zero. And that's the coverage the Browns want for Cooper. They're going to try to get him the ball more often in those coverages. It, it just, it makes perfect sense. It has to do with his route running. He's one of the best route runners in the league. If he's in a one-on-one situation against almost every cornerback in the league, Cooper's going to have the upper hand. And so the Browns are going to try to feed him the ball when they identify that type of coverage. And sure enough, he sees a 32% target share versus cover one and cover zero. So we think the Patriots are going to follow their typical trend of not a lot of two high coverages, which means fewer receptions for Njoku, more cover one and more cover two, which means a pretty significant jump in Amari Cooper's usage. So the under on Njoku's inceptions receptions and the over on Cooper's reception seems like a really good combination play this week. All right. And as I said, I've got three Browns props for you this week. This one is not related, although slightly related to New England's defense. It's a prop that I've given out uh, at least once. Maybe I've given out twice this season already, but it's the over on Nick Chubb's longest rush. This line has been available in the teens every week. I would be willing to take the over up to 19 and a half He's got nine straight games with a 20-yard run dating back to last season. He's been remarkably consistent playing behind that strong offensive line, giving him a lot of running room, and he takes advantage every time he gets an open lane. He's consistently breaking off these long runs. Even if it's just one or two opportunities per game, he's been so good that he's taking advantage of every mistake the defense makes and breaking off these long runs. And I think this is a little bit safer bet than usual against New England. Obviously, I haven't been recommending this prop every single week because I've been taking a look at the defenses to see where we may have a slightly better or slightly worse chance, depending on how much free yardage they give up. But the Patriots do seem to be one of the defenses that's giving up that free yardage near the line of scrimmage at a slightly higher rate, which, as I've talked about before, if you can get untouched yardage at the line of scrimmage, dramatically increases your odds of breaking off a 15, 20 plus yard run. And so far this season, the Patriots are allowing three or more yards before contact on 29% of opponent rush attempts. That's near the top of the league, or near the bottom of the league, I should say. It's among the highest rates defenses are allowing. Since the start of last season, Chubb has had 19 carries of 20 or more yards, and 13 of those 19 started with three or more untouched yards. So even a running back like Nick Chubb, I mean, he obviously he is capable of breaking through early contact and still producing a big play. That's certainly within his skill set. But even a runner like Nick Chubb, the odds of him breaking off those long 20-yard runs dramatically increase when he gets that untouched yardage near the line of scrimmage. So against a team like New England, who's going to give up those uh, free yardage near the line of scrimmage at a slightly higher rate than usual, I, I think we can bet on Nick Chubb keeping this streak alive and giving us 10 straight games with a 20-yard run. I've got one final prop for you this week, and as always, it's going to be a Thursday night football prop. This week we've got uh, Washington and Chicago on Thursday night, and I, I struggled a little bit to find one I liked this week. Usually I feel like 
something jumps out at me early in this Thursday game. But I had to dig a little bit deeper, and I'm going to go with one that I'm I'm a little less confident in it than usual. Um, but because I always like to give out at least one Thursday night prop, I am still going to give you my one lean this week, and it's the Justin Fields under on his rushing yards. The quarterback rushing yards under is 4-1 and one against Washington this season. The only quarterback to hit the over against the Commanders was uh, Cooper Rush, and he went over a line of 2.5 yards. So I don't know that that's necessarily uh, comparable to Fields in any way. So, you know, that that trend is uh, pretty strong against the other, based on the other quarterbacks that they have played, because they did play Jalen Hurts and Trevor Lawrence, who both went under, and both of those guys are obviously very capable of scrambling. And because they played two guys, those because they played those two guys already, I was very surprised by this next stat. There have only been five quarterback scramble attempts against Washington all year. That's that's shocking. I mean, they've played two guys in Hurts and Lawrence who are certainly capable and willing to take off running. And, you know, I, I think there's probably a couple reasons for this. One is that we've seen most quarterbacks, and this applies to fields as well, scramble a little bit more versus zone coverage. Obviously, when you're facing zone coverage, especially if you're zone coverage, that, that zone coverage no blitz combination, uh, you're going to be holding the ball a little bit longer. So the more athletic quarterbacks are more prone to run the, to scramble in those situations. And Washington ranks 27th in their use of zone coverage. So if they're using zone coverage at a lower rate, you would expect fewer scrambles against them, obviously. And so that you know that's a big factor against field. He to put some numbers behind field specifically. Uh, field scrambles 20% of the time he drops back to pass against zone, 16% of the time against man. Not a huge difference, but a trend that has held true throughout his career, even going back to college. He's going to scramble a little bit more versus zone. So against a Washington team that's using more man coverage, slightly diminishes his willingness to scramble in this game, we would think. I think it also has a bit to do with the personnel on Washington's defense. Jamin Davis at linebacker is obviously an ideal player to kind of spy on the quarterback at times, certainly capable of if the quarterback does take off running to quickly chase him down. We've also got Cameron Curl in the secondary, who's another one of those safeties that was certainly capable of uh, matching the quarterback's athleticism and uh, limiting some of those scrambles when they do happen to shorter runs. So look, Fields is going to run the ball a bit and, you know, like we saw last week on that one long run that ended up getting called back, he's capable of, I mean, he's capable of hitting the over in one play. He's that type of athlete. Um, so that's why I have some hesitation. It's just someone who's that explosive. I'm always a little more hesitant to ever play an under with them. Because, you know, like we talked about at the top with Christian McCaffrey, obviously it was he was bottled up all game and then one bad run kind of screwed us. Um, so that that's why I'm less confident in this one. But I wanted to give you at least one Thursday prop to think about. So if, if I play a prop on Thursday night, it's going to be the under on Justin Fields' rushing yards against Washington. That's it for this week's show. Hope you have a fun and profitable week six. 